0: From MIT Technology Review, I'm Laurel Ruma, and this is Business Lab, the show that helps business leaders make sense of new technologies coming out of the lab and into the marketplace. Our topic is how to build a data strategy across the organization. To be effective, data needs to go beyond the tech teams and into the hands of the decision makers. And although that journey can be a challenge within the enterprise, to finance data and machine learning operations, there are clear opportunities. Two words for you, maximizing data. My guest is Sundar Shunmagan, the chief architect for data and AI services at Kindrel. This podcast is sponsored by Kindrel. Welcome, Sundar. Hey, Laurel. So, Having a data strategy is critical to a company's digital transformation, but it requires investment in people and systems. What are some of the key best practices to get the most out of that investment?
1: Digital transformation projects uh, in any enterprise is not just a technology transformation. It aids and enables the business transformation itself, Uh, irrespective of the uh, industry Uh, where the uh, digital transformation is happening. In that aspect, it drives new products, solutions, and majority of the innovations in that organization. If that is the case, then the digital transformations should be able to provide uh, the insights, uh, which is actionable, and drive the intelligence that is required for the business and the critical decisions uh, especially And it should happen on demand, which means that in today's world, in real time. To achieve that goal, availability of good data, uh, the right data, and availability of that to the right people and systems is very, very critical. So that forms uh, the data strategy for any enterprise today. When we look at it from that aspect, then uh, my recommendations uh, would be primarily around one to look at the agility of people and systems who can adapt to continuous changes and have strong framework for uh, not only technology but also for the mindset behavioral changes that is required to serve good insights even in future. To have a strong governance and control on your data so that it stays always relevant and of high quality which is also uh, good quality. Three, keep your data foundations simple, clean, and error-free. That makes the uh, data strategy fresh and enables innovations further. Those are the three uh, best practices uh, that I would recommend for any data strategy for the maximum investment.
0: So going back to that one, that clean, usable data, that's certainly one part of the story, and it's one of the three um, main best practices, but metadata, how data is described, is also critical. Can you explain why metadata is such an important part of uh, data strategy?
1: So we spoke about the data strategy, uh, and the data strategy is for long term, and that should uh, serve the business transformation uh, and the innovations uh, for the business itself. So if that has to happen, then it is very important to record the details about the data uh, itself, which is what we call it as metadata. When the metadata records the information about the data, uh, it serves multiple purposes. One, uh, as the data evolves, uh, because the data is not uh, uh, constant always uh, in today's world. So that data is continuously evolving and the usage of the data is also continuously uh, changing. Right? To meet those continuous changes, it is very important to know where the data has originated, what changes it has gone through. So if we have to change some of the attributes, we know what we are doing and uh, make it uh, reusable uh, whenever we need the data. Right? It is also important to keep this metadata consistent across the lifecycle of the data, right? From where the data is being produced all the way to where it is being consumed so that the information about the data itself is consistent that would further enable not only uh, the clean and usable data, but it also make the data more self consumable and more consistent uh, at the hands of the users. That's why the metadata is a big part of any uh, data strategy, uh, especially in the evolving uh, industries where the data is critical.
0: You've touched on some very important aspects here, mostly that data governance is, is quite critical and that needs to be incorporated into the technologies, processes and practices across the entire enterprise. What are some best practices for company leaders establishing or restructuring a data governance framework?
1: In my experience being an architect in the past and uh, um, managing and providing consulting for a lot of uh, my customers, the data governance is being looked at primarily to serve the regulatory requirements in the past, so it used to be in a standalone process level, but For any effective uh, data governance, it should be a holistic process. It should be done right from the source of the data all the way to the consumption of it. So that is one of the key best practices uh, that we recommend all our customers. Also, the data governance is a continuous process. It is not that, okay, I looked at the requirements of the data, Today, uh, whether it is regulatory requirement or the consumption requirements, and I devised a plan for that, and uh, I can take rest now, no. So the data governance is a continuous process, the requirements of data continuously changes, the usage of the data continuously changes, regulations are continuously changing. So the data governance process and revisiting that is also very, very important. And complete understanding of what is happening, what has changed, why it has changed, when it has changed, and keeping a record of that is also very important. So that's why the data governance framework uh, should have a holistic process. Uh, It's not a siloed process, and it should be continuously uh, revisited, and uh, it is continuously tracked as well.
0: And as you mentioned earlier, people are definitely part of this process and strategy as well. So how do you think about data literacy as a a critical skill that everyone sort of needs to have um, across the organization, outside of the tech teams? How should executives start thinking about preparing and ensuring everyone has those right skills to consume data?
1: So data is a new oil uh, that is being fed everywhere, right? So, if the data is a new oil, the understanding of how to use it, where to use that uh, data becomes very, very crucial. How to use it and where to use it forms the major part of data uh, literacy in any organization. Also, if we have to uh, use uh, any given data, then we should also know where the data is available. So, the data uh, literacy is uh, addressed at two levels. One... Uh, about providing the information on what is uh, what is the data that is available, how good that data uh, is available, how to uh, access that data, how to process that data, right? And the second one is, uh, especially in today's world, the data also has many formats. It, it is very uh, critical and it has a lot of uh, sensitive information. The line between the sensitive information and the data that can be consumed uh, easily is very thin in today's world. If that is the case, then the literacy of you know what data that we are processing and how sensitive it is, uh, what we want to use with that, that literacy of that information is also very critical. Right? So when the executives plan for data literacy programs in their organizations. It is also important to make sure that uh, it's not only about the data usage, but also what is the fair usage of the data and what is the outcomes of the data. So that's why the data literacy and the investment of data literacy on people uh, becomes very, very critical. End of the day, the people is the one who design uh, the systems and who develop the system that consumes the data. So the right investment on literacy is paramount in that aspect.
0: So these are very important parts about data literacy, especially across the entire organization. But we've also seen that another part of digital transformation is streamlining and maximizing investments in operations across business units. For example, years ago, tech teams did this by combining software development and operations to create DevOps, which allowed for more agile and data-focused ways of working. The research firm Gartner argues that this philosophy can also be applied to other areas of the business, including artificial intelligence and machine learning to create ML ops, data to create data ops, and finance to create fin ops, so finance and operations. As a whole, these can be bundled into one single term called XOps. ops it's an interesting way to take various parts of the business and bring it all together under an umbrella of operations. What value can XOPS bring to an organization as a whole?
1: Yes, as you rightly said, Laurel, uh, XOPS is an umbrella that brings in various operations that drive innovation through the technology to address the business uh, requirements, right, to take the business to the next level. Having said that, all the three operations, for example, that you have mentioned, whether it is DevOps, DataOps, MLOps, or even FinOps, the fourth one, uh, everywhere, the common denominator is operations, and the requirement for that operations is to deliver uh, value in a most efficient way. Right? So. What we learned from DevOps is managing versus developing a product, how to combine them and extract that efficiency. So the same principles are taken into uh, machine learning operations and data operations. Again, from the technology perspective, the common factor there is automation and continuous reusability of the processes to uh, make that entire Uh, operations efficient. That's why uh, Gartner has combined all these three and they call it as XOPS, so you can look at it like a Venn diagram of three different operations, which uh, pivoted around automation and reusability with agility. To run all these things, especially with the data and uh, machine learning, uh, the data is continuously uh, increasing, the volume is continuously increasing. Uh, Similar to process that, the machine learning activities and the resources used by these processes is also continuously uh, increasing. That is where the FinOps becomes very critical to keep all these things in a check. That's why uh, they are all combined under one umbrella and they all uh, come together to deliver the value uh, at a more uh, efficient way. That's the huge difference that XOPS brings to an organization, uh, which is more agile and more cost effective uh, for the uh, data and AI operations that they perform in their organizations.
0: So, how can XOPS help give visibility to the success of cloud computing adoption? How can finance help tech make better decisions for the enterprise in that kind of relationship?
1: As we have seen before, The FinOps component of XOps is what makes the financial uh, controls on the entire operations of data and machine learning more robust. To look at it from a uh, different perspective, the adoption for cloud computing itself was primarily driven for uh, cost advantage uh, when it started uh, 10, 15 years back with infrastructure as a service. If that is the prime base of uh, cloud computing adoption in today's world when it is being used for uh, data management and uh, machine learning model management, it becomes highly imperative to look at uh, continuously monitor the data consumption and the resources that are being consumed by the processes uh, involved in the machine learning. So the FinOps looks at the cloud computing, the data that is being consumed, the models, and even uh, to the extent of whether the models are decaying, how much uh, resources they are uh, consuming, etc. So by bringing all these together, they give a very clear visibility to whether they are able to achieve uh, the goals of uh, cloud computing adoption in uh, first place. But, the service the uh AIA projects and the outcomes from that projects that's how uh, the pinops uh, which is part of the xops is uh, helping to measure the success of cloud
0: compute so if xops helps prove that success for cloud computing adoption why would this be so critical for executives who are probably looking for that roi return on investment uh, for their you know extensive cloud computing investment? Uh,
1: yes, the cloud computing uh, investments uh, is part of the digital transformation, and it should deliver uh, the business outcomes uh, in terms of the value uh, from the innovation projects uh, about the AI uh, and uh, data projects uh, primarily involved. Right? So in that uh, aspect, the value realization from the data and uh, the eventual uh, AI projects makes the outcome from the uh, cloud computing investments uh, realized. So if the uh, data is not of uh, good quality and if we are not able to measure how the data and machine learning functions are performing, uh, including the own resource consumption as well, then it is very difficult to map it to the uh, outcomes derived that, that right from that. That's where the outcome of cloud computing is heavily depends on the FinOps uh, and the data and AI projects itself.
0: So when we think about data and and XOps and access to data across the organization, we also need to really think about security as well. How can this holistic view of data with XOps help an organization keep their data secure, but also enable people to make those critical decisions with the data in an easy-to-access, real-time way?
1: Yes. Uh, So uh, the data feeds into the uh, AI and the eventual uh, insights from there. So uh, the operations related to data to keep the data uh, clean and usable also means that uh, the data should be available to the right people in the right format for the operations. So by bringing the data operations and machine learning operations together uh, under the umbrella of XOPS, it keeps the data uh, closer to where the data is going to be processed. The profiles for this data consumption uh, can be maintained in one single place. That way, the data access, uh, as well as the consumption of that to easily uh process them and access them becomes much more uh, streamlined and efficient that's where uh the xops helps uh, the data uh, to be more uh, secured at the same time uh, easily accessible uh, not just for one experiment or one project but in a continuous manner
0: you mentioned earlier that having a good data strategy helps with innovation and the adoption of emerging technologies how do you see that playing out at various companies? Where, where is that innovation possible? Oh,
1: <laughs> the innovation uh, around data and AI in today's world uh, is everywhere. There is no limitation or boundary for uh, the innovations uh, that is available for the enterprises today. Right? There are examples like in the uh, automotive industry, Uh, When the data strategy is being formed, the data strategy is primarily revolving around uh, how to make it uh, more usable, uh, more uh, in real time within the organizations, right? But when the same data has extended its boundaries for requirements and uh, uses like connected car, the data further uh, expanded its boundaries, right? The data is not just uh, usable uh, for the own consumption anymore. The automotive companies are able to monetize that data by extending it to others. Um, in one of the projects that we have uh, delivered, uh, the insurance companies are getting information about how the vehicle performance is, how the driver is using that vehicle, uh, what are the different uh, demographics it is being used. So, the data which was originally originated from uh, automotive industry is now being consumed by insurance industry in this case, right? And that innovation has moved from automotive industry to uh, insurance industry. So that way, uh, the data strategy, if it is correct, and if the data is in a good state, and if an enterprise uses proper data management techniques to keep the data always relevant, then uh, the innovations uh, can you know, continuously grow as the time progresses and as uh, you know, the requirements continuously evolve there. As we say, necessity is mother of innovation, so that necessity can continuously change. At the core of that, if we keep the data uh, proper, then it can expand the horizons, not just internally, but even for the other uh, external uh, requirements and the use cases. So there is no uh, limit of boundary for the innovations uh, with the data uh, that we can see in today's world.
0: Oh, it's certainly very exciting. Lots of opportunities with that innovation. So how are you looking at the next three to five years? What's the data landscape and the way we work with data? How is that going to evolve
1: yeah, uh, there are, again, immense amount of uh, possibilities and opportunities there, especially if we think about three to five years from technology aspect, there are various things happening uh, like meta, right? Uh, when we speak about meta augmented reality, then the data, uh, again, the amount of data that is going to be generated is humongous. And the usages of the data and what we can do uh, to develop insights and to make a huge change uh, in the way different industries functions, also very high. So that is on the technology side. Uh, at the same time, if we look at uh, how it touches and impacts the people and environment, like sustainability. So the sustainability uh, is a big theme today, and data and insights powers sustainability. Uh, it's not just to measure the sustainability, but even to forecast, to devise new uh, strategies uh, on the sustainability. So that way, in my view, the data is going to uh, grow a lot. And that's why we are seeing uh, the data mesh, uh, which is a technology or uh, technological principle that makes the data ownership lies with the business units because they know the uh, data better and they can share it with others based on their own uh, regulations and uh, the consumers can also uh, use them uh, more efficiently. So the data citizens are going to be much more powerful. They are going to have a great time in coming up with new insights in next three to five years. Uh, So uh, metaverse and uh, augmented reality on the technology side uh, sustainability uh, on the overall uh, environment uh, and the uh, societal side, uh, data mesh in the uh, data architecture principle sides. So these are the three uh, big things that are evolving, in my view, in the next three to five years.
0: Excellent. Sundar, thank you so much for joining us today on the Business Lab.
1: It's uh, really great speaking uh, to you, Laurel. Uh, have a great day.
0: That was Sundar Shanmagan the chief architect for data and AI services at Kindrel, who I spoke with from Cambridge, Massachusetts, the home of MIT and MIT Technology Review, overlooking the Charles River. That's it for this episode of Business Lab. I'm your host, Laurel Ruma. I'm the director of Insights, the custom publishing division of MIT Technology Review. We were founded in 1899 at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. And you can find us in print, on the web, and at events each year around the world. For more information about us and the show, please check out our website at technologyreview.com. This show is available wherever you get your podcasts If you enjoyed this episode, we hope you'll take a moment to rate and review us. Business Lab is a production of MIT Technology Review. This episode was produced by Collective Next. Thanks for listening.